Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Well, it is good to be here this morning with you as we dig into the Word of God together. Um, this morning, I am just so thankful for dads, and I was standing there thinking about my dad and his dad. Um, I didn't get to know him really all that well. Uh, I've got pictures with my grandpa um, on my dad's side, and uh, I'm just thankful for him for a day that he said yes to Jesus, and uh, he put Jesus on uh, that day. Kids, if you're still in the room, uh, Mr. Craig's uh, headed out uh, to... Kids Church, uh, you can follow him out that way, Um, and you guys are going to have some fun today. Um, I'm just thankful for people who have faithfully stepped with Christ through life. Um, Raise your hand if you have someone like that in your life, someone who has done that, someone who has just followed Christ, and you, um, you get to benefit from that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, this morning, as we think about Father's Day, uh, normally, I put together a message that I feel is for fathers, but today really is a message for fathers and mothers, really for anyone. It's not uh, dependent on whether or not uh, you have children. It doesn't matter if you have children still at home. Uh, today is a message for all of us, young and old alike. Uh, whether you're a first-time guest here at Real Life, and if you are, welcome. So excited that you are here. If you would just take a moment uh, during the service sometime, there, uh, there's a card in the seat back in front of you, and if you would just jot us a note, I'd love to say hello to you uh, later this week, and if you'd give me that opportunity, that would be amazing. Uh, I don't know what plans y'all have today uh, for to celebrate fathers, whether they're with you or not. I'm going to call my dad today, and I'm going to just tell him thank you. Um, I think we're headed to do some hiking uh, later this afternoon. I'm, I've heard that there's brisket cooking somewhere in the borough. Um, might have to stop by there on our way back. I don't know. Uh, but I hope you get to celebrate um, celebrate dads uh, well. And you know what? As I say that, I just got to say this. For some of you, um, Father's Day may be a tough day, not only because dad's not with you anymore uh, here in, in this world, but uh, for some the dad experience may not have been a very good one. And I want to recognize that here at Real Life because we deal with real life issues here. Um, And so for those of you who are like, I don't want to even think about my dad um, because those aren't good thoughts. Um, Can I I just say how deeply um, sorry I am that that's been your experience. One of my fears is that oftentimes we take our experience with dad and we uh, superimpose that on our experience with God. And for some, that's a good thing. For others, you don't see God in a very good light because your experience with your earthly dad was a tough one. And uh, I'm just hoping and praying that uh, you would find that God is a loving, gracious, um, amazing God who wants to do something in your lives. 
So as we go down that road, I just want to ask you guys to talk, share with the people next to you. This is going to be a fun one. Um, looking back, what is the weirdest thing you have ever worn? Well, that thing <laughs> that uh, you, um, is there a picture up there? There's just the words. Um, what's that crazy thing that maybe you thought at one point in your life, this is all that? Like, I am, mm. um, maybe it was that, maybe someone talked you into putting something on that you're like, I can't believe I let them do that to me. Uh, I did it, and I'm hoping to keep it in the past. Well, your pastor today is drudging that up, and I want you to share with the people next to you stories of the things that you have worn that you now regret. Ready, set, go. it back together. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about getting dressed this week. That sounds so weird that your pastor's been thinking about that. Now, it's not like I've been thinking about whether or not I'm going to wake up in the morning and get dressed for the day. That's not what I've been talking about. I've just been thinking about what does it look like? What does it mean to get dressed? Uh, so I got to thinking about stuff, and I remember a, story, a time when uh, this was up in Michigan. I was folding laundry, uh, and um, my daughter, Reagan, I'm going to have to take her out to lunch now. I've mentioned her word, her name. Uh, she, I was folding her clothes, and she had a pair of white shorts that were kind of short. I mean, they weren't horribly short. They were just short. And I decided I was going to put those on. I wanted to see if Dad could wear Reagan's shorts. I put them on. 
She was mortified. <laughs> Absolutely mortified. Uh, but I think it just kind of struck terror into her heart that uh, dad is not afraid to do crazy things. And I don't want dad showing up in those shorts out uh, in public. So I better behave myself. But uh, that was one of my favorite. I've got some pictures for you. Uh, let's see how they roll out. Uh, can't you just see the fashion sense of this young man? Oh, man, the overalls, the yellow. The, I mean, I don't know what that is. It's, it, it's fashion at its best. This was back in the 70s, uh, me at my best. All right, what else we got? Um, there you go. Yep, that was me, senior year. I do just have to say that that is what attracted an amazing woman who didn't end up marrying me. So uh, she liked what she saw there. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is me in my favorite uh, long sock look. Um, and uh, this was in Hong Kong, uh, me standing. It's really not, this looks really dangerous. It's not. <laughs> There's ground, like, just on the other side of that, uh, so don't think my parents didn't care for me at all. Uh, but uh, can't you just see? I mean, look at, look at that. Can't you just still see it? <laughs> What's going on? Um, and the striped overalls with the choo-choo train. Come on now. That is so classic. Um, and that's my sister looking at me like, what are you wearing? I'm sure that's what she's saying. All right, do we have, do we have another one? No. Um, I was, there were some other pictures that I wanted to show you today. I, I couldn't find them, so I apologize. As soon as I come up with them, I will share those with you um, in the future. But uh, a couple things that I wanted to talk about, one of which was a picture of me. I was probably, I don't know, 12, 13. It was me in Bermuda shorts that my aunt had made. They were pretty spicy. Long socks, again, the long socks things pulled up. Bushy, bushy hair, which is where this is going to go if I let it go any longer. And I think there was even a fanny pack involved. I see that picture and I'm thinking, what in the world was I thinking? Put, I should have kept the fanny pack because it had been worth a lot of money these days. But uh, there was that one. And then there's the other picture. We couldn't find this. I put Christy to looking for these last night, and we just have too many pictures to look through. This one was me, senior year. Remember senior year? Senior year of high school in a purple suit, purple suit that I wore to the homecoming banquet, and it was, it was special. And to just kind of... The, the, the rose on the, the piece that just set off was my Looney Tune tie that I wore with it. And I look back and think, why did anyone let me do that? But they did, and now I have pictures to prove it. Getting dressed is an interesting thing because we all do it, right? We get up in the morning, we get ready for the day, we transition from sleepwear to daywear, what we're going to put on to go to work, and and getting dressed is this thing. Now, some of us, especially in the season of COVID, learned the, uh, the habit of rolling out of bed and just staying there. You know, we weren't going anywhere. We weren't seeing anyone. If we had a Zoom meeting, we'd put a shirt on the top and that was it. 
but, but getting dressed has been a thing that we have all navigated in, in some way, shape, or form. Now, men in the room, I'm going to guess that for most of us, we don't spend as much time getting dressed as the ladies in the room. We, some of us could care less what we put on. It's functional for us, right? It's about function. It's not about style. And so, men, let's just name that and let's just claim that. That's who we are. Ladies, thank you for being the better dressed of the two. Thank you for just dressing us up a little bit. So on this Father's Day, we thank you for that. But, you know, these things that we put on are important. And uh, Scripture talks about this as well. Uh, and, and Paul is going to call us to put on Christ. And we're going to use this imagery of us getting dressed uh, today. And, and, and as we think about what does it mean to put on or to get dressed in Christ. So as we think about these things, I want you to think about uh, when you are on the street and you see, or you're in a car, and you see someone dressed up in a police officer's uniform. You know, there are certain thoughts that go through your head, right? Hopefully there's not lights that are going on behind your car as the dressed up person comes up to you. Uh, but you recognize that certain things come with that kind of address. Uh, others, if you go to a hospital, you notice that there are certain people who are dressed certain ways. They're usually the ones who seem to kind of know what to do with you uh, in your ailments. Uh, there, sometimes we see people down the road, way down the road, and you say, I know who that is because I recognize that shirt or I recognize that hat or I recognize the whole ensemble what we put on says a lot about who we are, but also about what we do. And, and oftentimes, it also speaks to what's going on under the, the surface. Now, I don't want to make a hard, rule, hard and fast rule here to say, you know, if you do this, then you are that, because I think there's some, some variety. And I think that there's a lot of creativity that goes on in the way we get dressed these days. If you've ever watched a fashion show, you might scratch your head and be like, I don't understand that. But we recognize that there can be creativity in us, but at the heart of it is we are a people who still are called to get dressed. And in Paul's words, it's to get dressed in everything that is Christ. So this morning, I want to read a passage of Scripture for you out of Galatians chapter 3. Uh, it's going to begin in verse 23, and we're going to go to verse 29. And I just want to frame something for you here. Paul, one of the most prolific writers, probably the main, really the main writer of the New Testament, um, he is writing to a church in a town called Galatia. Now, here's the issue that prompted the letter. Paul had planted the church. He pastored the church. Uh, he had gotten it to where he could go on to another place to start another church. And he had entrusted leaders there. He had developed leadership and had entrusted that to them. Well, as he left, other missionaries would come along. Now, Paul was, was, he was a Jesus type of guy. And Jesus came and he kind of upset the apple cart in some people's lives because Jesus started saying, these things are important, but these things are more important. And he began tweaking or, or messing with their paradigms. And as he did that, he really ruffled some feathers. That's what Paul did as well. And Paul came along and really wanted to make sure that people understood 
that, uh, a, that, that this whole religion thing, this whole, it's, it's, it's not first and foremost about the rules and the rituals, although those have a place to, uh, a part to play. It's really about one's faith in Christ. In fact, back in um, one of the passages, he says, you know, it is by grace through faith that we come to believe. We come to have a relationship with Christ, that we have entered into a place where we, our, our lives have been transformed by the renewing work of, of Christ. Paul wants to reiterate to this church in Galatia because there's some missionaries that have come in and said, hey, folks, guys, we really need you. If you're going to do this right, you have got to accept the Jewish practice of circumcision. That's a tough conversation. Those are some really good evangelists who are willing to lead with that conversation. But Paul's like, yes, I know that they're saying that. And I know that that's the thing. But we have to remember that that's not the most important thing anymore. Christ came and did a new work. And therefore, circumcision is not what guarantees you your place in the family. But it's your faith in Christ that leads to the transformation that happens in your life. That cements your place in the family of God. So keep that in mind as we read these words. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Paul is saying the rules, the law, it was important for a season. It got us ready. It kept us in the ballpark. It uh, kept us from going off on our own and doing our own thing. It kept us here. But he says something's changing. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. Now, let me just make a point here. And this is a talking point that we can get off on a rabbit trail. We're not going to today. But he does not say we no longer need the law, period. We no longer need the law as our guardian. So some would say that when Jesus came, the law got, got thrown out. We don't need that. Well, let me just give you an example. In the law, it says that thou shalt not murder. There's actually like 680 other laws that you're supposed to follow, which is crazy. But let's just take the one. Part of the law, do not commit murder. Okay, is that a good idea? Raise your hand if you think it's yes, it's a good idea. All right, how many are like, no, let's not do that one. Um, so it's not that when Jesus came, we could say, well, I can now murder. No, 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 no. The law created a boundary so that we would be able to say, oh, I know that murder's wrong because the law says so. But when Jesus comes along, it's not that we now have to go to the law and say, well, can I kill this person or not? Jesus comes in and through faith and through grace and work in our lives, does a work in our hearts to where we don't even want to murder that person. Right. So do you understand? It's not that the law is obsolete. It's not that we don't need to worry about that rule anymore. It's just that that's not our motivation anymore. We're not trying to stay out of trouble. No, we have been so transformed that we don't even want to deal with that. It's not even a thought in our heart and in our mind. The work of Christ at work in us 
transforms us. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Hear that. You are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus is an important piece of your life. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on, what's those next two words? New clothes. Not old clothes, not rags, not tatters, new clothes. There is, no, there, is now, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. This is an example of how when we read Scripture, we need to recognize that what we read here is connected to all the rest of Scripture. In this passage, Paul is saying, hey, remember what God said to Abraham? That applies to those of you who have put on Christ. So it might be interesting for us to at some point go back to where, uh, where God talked with Abraham and did a work in Abraham's life. And God made promises to Abraham that his ancestors would be more than the stars in the sky, that God would be faithful to him, that God would go with him, that uh, those who came against Abraham, they would be coming against God. God became Abraham's protection and his sustenance. God became a friend to Abraham. And Paul's reminding us, hey, folks, for those of you who put on Christ, those same benefits that were for Abraham are now yours. And that is an exciting thing for us to get a hold of. So here's the point. Paul stressed the message of Jesus that invited people then, as he does to you and I today, to put our faith in Jesus by entering into relationship with Jesus rather than relationship with rules and rituals. Some of us like rules and rituals. It makes things very easy. I know that I don't do this. I know that I do do that. Um, I know that I can't go there. I know that I can go there. I know that I can say this. I know that I shouldn't say that. Sometimes rules are just really handy because it makes things clear. But the problem is that the rules never actually give us the strength and the power to do that which it calls us to do. It leaves us somehow empty, lifeless. In fact, at times it, fe- it makes us feel coerced. In fact, in our world today, I think more maybe than ever, maybe it's just because it's become really loud, we live in a day when people do not like to be told what to do and what not to do. You can turn on the news and you hear just the vitriol of people who are like, I'm going to do it my way. And if you want to tell me that I'm wrong, then you're wrong. And I'm not going to even listen to you. I'm not going to talk to you. We've lost the ability to have conversations. Rules and rituals in themselves aren't the problem unless they are the sum total of the way you live out your life. And I, I think for some people who are pushing back against rules and rituals, I think that they can serve a great purpose for us. And that is this. Why do you do those things? I think I, I've talked to, to people who are really wanting to know, you know, why is it that God wants that or does not want that? 
And I think it's important for us to be able to give a better response than, well, that's just what God wants. It's, well, I think we do need to get to the heart of it. Jesus wants us to put him on rather than a facade or a mask that we hide behind. And too many times in the church, we're really good at hiding behind masks. But today, here at Real Life, we are reminded that Christ wants us to become indistinguishable from Christ. Paul stresses that those, uh, for, for all who have been united with Christ in baptism, have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Those who have been baptized have put on Christ like new clothes. There's something powerful that happens in the waters of baptism. Uh, for some, I think we see it as just getting wet. It's going through a ritual. But the reality is it's more than that. It's about us becoming new creations. The old being put aside and the new being put on. And this is the, the imagery that Paul wants us to consider, that we are people who are to put on Christ like we would put on a, a new jacket, a new shirt, a new pair of pants, that we might be new rather than just worn out rags. One writer puts it, uh, put it this way, uh, to put on Christ is to adopt that whole system of habits which characterize Jesus. Another way this has been stated is that we uh, put on that new man or that new person. We become new. So when we think about what does it look like to live into all that God has created me to be, all that God wants of me, it's that we are to be a people who are, are to put on all of that which Christ would have put on, that we walk and talk and serve and love and, and reach out to others as Christ would, which is really an important push or plug to say, we need to find what that looks like. We need to be in the Word of God. We need to be lingering there. We need to be hanging out with Jesus so we can get to know who Jesus is like. You know what? If I were to stop hanging out with my wife, bad idea, do not recommend it, um, I would begin to forget certain things about her. My sister, the one that looked at me really weird in the overalls, um, one of my favorite stories that really applies here, my dad was on, on furlough uh, as a missionary. And he was gone for a prolonged stint traveling to churches for about two, maybe three weeks. And uh, he came home from that trip. He walked in the door and my sister, I forget how old she was, but she was little. She looked up at him and she says, huh, I almost forgot what you looked like. Talk about my dad's heart melting. And never again did my dad take a trip that long because he never wanted his daughter to forget what he looked like. And I think that's true for us today. We need to spend time with the one who's calling us to become like him. And, to, and if we don't do that, if we simply just kind of coast through on the rituals and the rules, we're never really going to know Jesus. We might know the rules that keep us kind of in the ballpark, but at the end of the day, there's gonna become a thing in your life where you're gonna be challenged, you're gonna be tempted, you're gonna be tried, and you're not going to have the power at work within you that is Christ. And you're going to find yourself struggling. We need to be a people who understand what it means to put on Christ. And so I want to go to a passage of Scripture that talks about what that might look like. What might it look like for us to put on Christ? Now, 
you might say, well, that, Pastor, that's just another list of rules. Yeah, it probably is, unless it's not rules, but it's a response to the God who has at work in you. So in, chapter, in Ephesians chapter 4, we, we begin to hear about this, and I want to read this for you, and you're going to see some things pop up on the screen, and I want you to take to heart these things, and I want you to ask yourself, how am I doing with that one? Have I put that on lately? Or is that something that uh, I've just ignored, I've pushed back? Paul, in his letter to uh, the church in Ephesus, says this, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your sinful nature and throw off your former way of life. He's talking about moving past the brokenness of our past and living into the new reality, uh, which is corrupted, that former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts. Let the Spirit renew your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So, Stop telling lies. That's probably a good idea. Let us tell our neighbors truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Now, I paused this week as I considered that phrase right there. If you are a thief, quit stealing. I don't know how many of us would actually call ourselves thieves. So let's go at it a different way. If you are stealing, you are a thief. Let's just get that one straight. And it might be small, subtle things, but you're still stealing. And I think that the people who steal recognize or uh, have lost sight of the fact that God says that he will supply all of our needs. And maybe the things you feel like you need to steal, maybe you really don't need those. I digress. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Think about the ways in which Christ was encouraging to others. Think about a woman at a well. Think about a man up in a tree. Think, he, think about a woman with uh, a bleeding issue. Think about uh, the disciples who many times were boneheads. They were, they were just so short-sighted, but Christ was continually encouraging to them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And then he goes into just like, like, a, like a, a litany of things. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, 
uh, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. How are you doing with these? Do you feel like you've fallen short? Do you feel like, oh my gosh, that's just another list of things that I just don't know that I have the strength to do on my own. Can I just say to your pastor, stop doing it on your own and start getting to know this Jesus. You know, one of the things about the Bible, there's two ways to look at the Bible. And I understand where the one comes from. You can see the Bible as a story of how we humans can be in relationship with God so that we can get out of here one day. I can, I, I can understand where that comes from. But I really don't think that's at the heart of what the Bible is all about. Because time and time again, the story that we actually are seeing is that God continually is finding ways to get to us, to bring about new life to us here and now. So the problem I have with the first one, among other things, is that this, if that is the way we read Scripture, then we're always just trying to get out of here. You know, we, we get our ticket punched at the altar one day, and we're like, oh, you know what? I can, I'm good. I'm going to get to heaven someday because I did, I did what I was supposed to do. But, but if we do that, then we, forgetting, we've, we are forgetting this life of holiness that God has called us to live in the present. God doesn't save us just to get us out of here. Hear me. God saves us to sanctify us so that we might be the actual living, breathing, walking manifestation of Christ here in this world. But have we put on Christ? Have you put on Christ? And the language we have here, this, this, this verb idea of putting something on, this isn't just like a one and done type thing. You know, put on Christ and then you're good. No, the language here, this verb has more of a keep putting on Christ kind of an idea. So you might do that today, but he's going to say, do that tonight as well and put Christ on tomorrow and the day after and the day after. Continually put Christ on in your life so that others around us might be able to connect with the God who may may not understand because they've never had the experiences we've had. They've never been raised in homes that talked about Jesus. And if we hope to be a part of the redemption of all of humanity, we have got to be people who put on Christ so that when people see us, they see Christ, not us. So church, I, I I guess I want to ask you, how are you doing with putting on Christ? Is there an area in your life where you have... You've really struggled with that. You, you, just, you, you haven't done that. When people look at you in that area, they see you, not Jesus. Church, this morning, on this Father's Day, I want to invite us, fathers and mothers, those who'd like to be fathers and mothers, kids, grandparents, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, Every, every single person, the invitation that God calls us today is this, put me on, get dressed with me. Now, there's a little 
thing in here that I just I, I want to go back to. It, he talks about those who have been baptized in Christ. Have you been immersed in the story of God? Have you been transformed? Have you allowed the old life to be crucified? And have you been raised to new life? Have you? Stand with me, church. As we go to a time of closing prayer, I just want to give you an opportunity to say, uh, to take care of business. Maybe you need to take something that you're wearing uh, in your spirit off and you need to put Jesus on. You need to change clothes this morning. Let's, let's all close our, 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 our eyes and just bow our hearts before the Lord. Maybe you just want to kneel at your seat right there. Turn that into an altar prayer. And this morning, I, I just want to give you an opportunity to just take a step into the changing room. And the things that you heard Paul talk about in Ephesians, a sampling of what it means to be Christ. Was there something that God touched in your life and said, we need to work on this area? Would anyone just want to slip a quick hand up and just say, I've got an area? Yeah. Yep. God, I pray that you would help us identify those areas where we are not clothed in Christ. Jesus, I pray that you would help us recognize what it requires to continually be putting on you, to be living into that new reality so that when people see us, it's not that they see us, that they see you. And I pray that people would know you because they know us. Lord, help us to be that people, ambassadors of hope and good news. But Jesus, I pray that you would not, you would help us to recognize that it's not about obligation that we have to do this, but it's that out of response to a Christ who has gone out of his way to give us new life. Jesus, this morning, I pray that you would continue to touch the hearts of the people in this room. Lord, that you would um, speak truth in their lives, that you would continually call them, but God, that we would not ignore you, but that we would put you on. Help us to know how to do that. Help us to find rhythms in our life that put you on in, in our lives. I pray that you would help us find rhythms of, of Bible reading and Scripture study. I pray that you would help us find rhythms of prayer, and I pray that you would help us find rhythms of finding other people that we can journey through faith with, and we can be accountable to. And God, I just pray that you would help us find those rhythms of grace that transform us and humble us. Lord Jesus, I am thankful that that which you've called us to is not about following a bunch of rules, but it's about falling in love with the creator of all the universe. Jesus, the rules become almost moot points when our lives are surrendered to you. So Lord God, I pray that you help us surrender to you today. Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so church, I want to give you a benediction. And as we do this, I just want you to know um, that uh, for 
uh, the dads in the room, the you know, granddads, the uh, mentors, the people, m- the men in the room, we have a little gift for you. Um, and we decided to go crazy. Real life has got the meats today. And uh, we've got a little packet of bacon that we cooked up uh, yesterday. So make sure you get your little packet of bacon. Uh, it may have some brown sugar on it. It may have a little bit of cayenne pepper on it. It might be really good. Um, I may have tested it. But church, this morning, as we think about what it means to put on Christ, I pray that you would go clean out your wardrobe today. I, I, I pray that you would go into the wardrobe of your heart and you would get rid of the stuff that's been hanging there and cluttering your closet. Get rid of it. That you might have room for the robes of Christ in your life. And that you would find yourself being transformed more and more by the things that you have put on, and that is Christ. Until we meet again, might you put on Christ in every way possible. Until we meet again, be blessed and be a blessing. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org slash give. Thanks again for listening.